The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So the official name of this last Sunday of the church year is the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. He is the King. Amen? Amen. Amen. But the question before us, of course, is, is he your king? And we know we can't just pay lip service to that. It's got to be all or nothing. He must rule everything in my life. If I don't submit absolutely everything to him, everything in my life, then he's not my king. If he doesn't direct my family, my finances, my sexuality, my friendships, my professional life, the decisions that I make, if he doesn't direct all of that, he's not the king, not my king. If I'm too busy and distracted that I don't stay in constant contact with him through daily prayer, through the weekly Eucharist, then he's not my king. If he doesn't completely fill my mind and my heart, if my body doesn't constantly serve him in my words, in my actions, then he's not my king. Now we heard in last week's gospel reading what is then echoed again for us in the Daniel reading and the Revelation reading for us that the king, the son of man, will come on the clouds in great glory. Now clouds, that's a scriptural way of describing the thick, dense, saturating glory of God. If you've ever been in the thick fog or up on top of a mountain where the clouds cover it, this is the way the the Bible would talk about the glory of God. In fact, the Hebrew word kavod can mean either glory or it can mean clouds. And so we heard in Revelation these words, Behold, he is coming amid the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will lament. Why? Because those who in this life rejected him will get to the end and find out their whole life was a mistake. They missed it. But even those of us who'd say, Yes, he is my king, When he comes and we are saturated with his glory, with his beauty, his magnificence, his majesty, we'll look back on life and say, I thought that was more important than Jesus? I did that rather than obey him? 
I, I, I thought that was a better use of my time. The king will come, the son of man will come on the clouds and every eye will see him and we will be judged, we will be on trial. And here's how we will be judged. It's all based on how we judge him. Now that's the crazy part, isn't it? He will come on the clouds and we will be judged, but until then, right now, he lets us judge him. He's the king of the universe, but is he my king? This is what eventually got him killed. As Jesus begins to talk about being the son of man coming on the clouds, that's what did him in. See, those religious leaders knew he was referring to that prophecy from Daniel. Up to this point, after Jesus had been arrested in the garden, he hadn't said a word, but then finally he breaks his silence. This is Mark 14. The high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him saying to him, prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. Jesus stands before them, bound and beaten, but he's not threatening them. When I come on the clouds, I'll get you for this. <laughs> no. He's warning them, no doubt. But he's actually inviting them. He stands before them as a king, offering himself to them. He stands before them, not in power and might, forcing them as his subjects, but instead in great humility and sacrifice, offering himself to them as king. They reject him, of course. They ship him off to Pontius Pilate. And Jesus stands before Pilate and then does essentially the same thing, and you heard this in our gospel reading. You say, I am a king. And for this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The church puts these readings before us today, my friends, and Jesus speaks to us not to threaten us, but to invite us. The king will come on the clouds, and every eye will behold him. But for now, the king comes to us on the cross so that we can look on him. See, we are in the same room with the high priest or standing in the judgment hall with Pilate and the same questions put before us. What is your decision? The king comes to us now, before the clouds, now on the cross. I mean, really, truly, now, in this moment. Here's what I mean, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. As often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's, say it with me, death until he comes. Do you realize how saturated this moment is right now with the glory of Jesus? Not just on this gloomy, overcast, cloudy day, but the king on the cross in just a few moments becomes present to us once again right here on the altar so that we can look on him. 
and so that we can lament, so that we can mourn and we can repent, as we did just a few moments ago in the confession, but even more so that we can look on him with great faith, that we can look to the one who was pierced by the soldier. I don't know if you can see it, if you look closely at the side right there that was pierced. From that side flowed a fountain of water and blood, signaling to us the two great sacraments of the church, the water from that cross from his side to that font, the blood to this altar for the gift of his body and blood given and shed for us poured out to us for his forgiveness, his life, his love, his mercy. Oh, you should have seen it last night. I got to just tell you, those seven children who went, some of them were poured upon, some went into the font, all these people being confirmed from the side of Jesus, poured out on their lives as it has been poured out upon all of our lives. The king who will come on the clouds comes right now to us on the cross so that we can behold him so that we can look upon him. He puts himself on trial in every one of our hearts right this very moment. What kind of a king does that? Ours. (laughs) Even though I am so distracted and I am so disloyal and I'm so disobedient, we look upon him who is so focused and who's so faithful, and who's so forgiving. And that's what moves our hearts, doesn't it? That's what begins to transform us. We look to him upon that cross and we say, oh yes, I want him to be my king. I want him to rule every aspect, every category of my life. I want him, the one who was pierced for my transgressions. I want him. I want him to tell me what to do. I want him to give me his commandments and to help me be obedient because I know he's not just trying to control my life with all his rules. No, no, no. I know that if he would do that for me, that everything he asks me to do, everything he tells me to do, it's for my good. It's because he loves me. I mean, it's really, really simple, isn't it? I've got a choice in life. I... I can let him, the king of the universe, the loving king of the universe, direct my life, or I can let a 49-year-old fool who has a terrible track record try to figure it all out. It's that simple. Maybe you've noticed this. I'm sure you have. Our crucifix is framed by windows. And it struck me this week as I was thinking about all this, it is a perfect visual reminder of what I'm trying to say today. Because if you look out the windows, you see the sky and you see the clouds, especially today as overcast as it is, it's all clouds. And then you see the crucifix. And the clouds remind us there off in the distance that he will come on the clouds and every eye will see him somewhere in the distance, we don't know, maybe yet today but then we come and we look upon him on the cross for forgiveness and mercy and love. So I want to give you just a moment to reflect on this. I want you to look out the windows and see the clouds because he's coming, but then come closer 
to right now and look upon him on the cross and surrender your life to your king once again. Or maybe for the very first time. 